Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Charles. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. And I'm Chris. I'm Benito. And we have Benito with us today again. Yay! So, yeah. um, Today, we are going to jump into the controversy over uh, Wizards of the Coast's new OGL uh, original gaming license and uh, the update to that. And uh, I guess everybody has a particular take on that. So I think um, Benito, I think, was the first one to actually post about it in our Discord group. And uh, Benito, how'd you uh, how'd you come across the news? Well, I don't think I don't think you could throw a dead cat without knowing about the news when it first hit. And I just happened to be online doing something, and it was just one thing after another, after another, after another. It was coming in so fast and you know there was i think some confusion on what it was going to be about and of course immediately everybody thought the worst and it kind of was i think that first version that was leaked leaked yeah (laughs) right on purpose yeah was not fantastic and i don't know if they were dipping their toe in the water to really see what the reaction would be or if it really was a leak but yeah, and then it just exploded. Then, of course, we all got sucked into it, and everybody was making statements, and anybody that had a, a YouTube channel was talking about it. And I didn't see a whole lot of differences in what people were talking about. So at least everybody was fairly uniform on the discussion, but there was a lot out there. And so, um, yeah, I wanted to share with you guys. I don't I don't remember that I was the first one, but maybe I was. I think you were. I, I know <laughs> the first time I saw it was from you, and I'm like, the heck's going on with this and i'm like Ooh, yeah that's not good yeah and at first i didn't think it would affect me at all but then the more i thought about it and the more of the videos that i watched and the content i started to realize how it really could start to affect you know yeah, us as yeah. so i don't know uh chris or seth do one of you guys kind of want to give a summary of what it's all about sure either one yeah. Sorry, yep. sorry, Seth. Seth looks like the deer in the headlights. Like, no, <laughs> I was opening. I was opening some reference tabs, oh. and one of them started playing a video. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. No, not now. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I'll start then. So, th- what this is about was a document got leaked for the OGL, which is the Open Gaming License, which basically set the rules for how um, the content could be used that was created from Wizards of the Coast. Uh, particularly what they call the SRD, the Systems Reference Document, just kind of the heart that defines everything that is D&D. Um, and what happened is, you know, so we'll call it OGL, I think it was like 1.0, but there's now a, a 1.1 that was leaked and um, had some pretty critical changes, and the changes are in the tune of, you know, 
from a, a one or two page OGL to now like a 15 plus page, you know, OGL. So a lot has changed. The, the intent or the driving factor, according to Wizards of the Coast, was, you know, the initial license was intended for a certain type of format, you know, documents and things like that. It really, really wasn't built around uh, a digital content age where you have a lot of different ways to produce things uh, virtually or through other types of games, uh, other physical items, things of that nature. So it's to catch them up with the times. Uh, however, in doing so, they really did change the tone in in what people, you and I, are allowed to do, uh, and more importantly, who owns um, that IP, if you will, that that, that property when it's created. Um, and so it got really kind of interesting what was released. Uh, Seth, anything you'd add to that? Uh, yeah, so the OGL is... Uh, really, uh, or the original OGL, the 1.0A, has been really important to the Dungeons and Dragons community. And... Hey, Seth, can you move your mic any closer? You're a little bit faint. That's not something most people accuse me of. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. Thank you. Uh, so a lot, a lot. I I have yet to read from a creator who hasn't credited the OGL with making as being the driving force uh, that made the community what it is today. The original uh, one. Hmm? The original one. Yeah, the original one. Yeah. Uh, it was, it, it really, uh, the original one was a kind of a remarkable thing for the time. It let other people, third parties, uh, create content that played in Dungeons & Dragons uh, campground. Uh, there were some limited limitations, like you could not use uh, quite a bit of uh, the a lot, what's called licensed content. Uh, so things that are very specific to uh, the D and D world uh, or the world specifically. So you could you can make something that uses the uh, the system reference document, the SRD, and that just lays out rules, spell names, classes that sort of stuff. It's just the kind of the bare bones of the game. So you can make something that uses that. You could not make something that, for instance, a, an official Eberron campaign. You can't do that or you can't sell it. Mm. <laughs> uh... <laughs> so for those this of you listening, uh, this is happening whether we want it to or not. Yeah, has decided it's time to go. Is that a cat or a ham? <laughs> a little bit of both. It is a potato. A potato. Uh, so, so yeah, the original uh, open gaming license was huge, and it allowed for uh, some things that Blizzard's probably didn't want, like Paizo. Uh, so Paizo, if anyone doesn't know is the publisher of Pathfinder. Uh, but, and now they're into Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Uh, now, Paizo got their start publishing D&D uh, magazines and adventures for Wizards of the Coast. Then they fired them and changed the system to 4th Edition. Uh, and 
tried to, as well, move over to a new license. Uh, Paizo said no, and then they made Pathfinder and spent the next uh, five to ten years eating Wizards of the Coast lunch. So Wizards, <laughs> understandably, doesn't want that. Uh, so that's part of what this new uh, OGL does, but it also, as Chris said, contains some stuff that is very bad. Well, Chris didn't say that. It does contain some stuff that's bad. Yeah. Some stuff that is was not well thought out on their part, and some stuff mm-hmm. that the community has misunderstood. As I've I've been listening to some different legal people, and it's a real mixed bag. Wizards is bad in this. They should have done better and made their intents more clear and written their OGL better, and we can get into that. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Benito, you're, you're a content creator for D&D. What do you think? Well, so, and that's the thing, something that I had to think about is how is this going to affect me? And I don't think it's going to affect me as a content creator because I don't fall, I don't think I necessarily fall into the category of making tons of money. I'm not necessarily, uh, not necessarily taking something that's theirs, bringing it into my own and changing it and, and putting it out there for anything other than just some enjoyment. I'm not monetized by any means, but, but being a creator on such a small level that I am, and I think about anybody that's a creator and especially on the larger level, then for sure, I have to be there to support you know, the larger creators, because I actually get a lot of stuff from, you know, the RPG, the drive through or Dungeon Masters Guild, or, you know, uh, we started playing Morkborg, and uh, that's all open game license, and you can just do anything you want with that, and they're happy to let you do it, but I get things from those creators, too, and so, yeah, it's just really supporting the creators who I get things from. I, I can understand. I can understand how that works. There's so much time, and and anyone else here who's who's creating things for other people to play, even on a small level. Um, you know the amount of time and effort it goes into it on the level we do it, and then think about that as your income and how big, how much effort goes into doing that as your business. And so we have to support those people and and spread the word of the OGL of how kind of bad it was. You know, it's it, it's not. I wasn't complaining because it was going to affect me personally in monetary, uh, in a monetary way. But it was going to affect the people who <laughs> following and getting content from. Right. Uh, so let's kind of break this up. Then let's first talk about what was wrong or what what people didn't like in this new OGL. Talk about that a little bit, and then we can talk about the fan response. Okay. Or the community response. Yeah. So, uh, first off, like uh, th- like uh, Chris said, this is a <coughs> longer document, but uh, it it kind of needs to be uh, just because it has more stuff it needs to account for now. Uh, so some of the things that the fan community is really upset over. Uh, probably the biggest thing is there is a. Uh, a bit of the new OGL that says that Wizards has a perpetual uh, non-exclusive forever license to use your content without crediting or paying you. That is a big thing that has a ton of creators worried. 
I think that'd worry anybody that creates content. Right. That's probably what I heard most about was that right. part of it. Right. And it didn't matter if you were on the, if you were in the non-commercial <laughs> or the commercial, you still had to, I think you still had to register your content with wizards yeah. and then they have the license and there's no stopping it. Right. Uh, so they claim that is to prevent lawsuits if they just happen to print something that's close to yours. So they claim it's just kind of covering their butt, but they should have included kind of different language with that. Because mm -hmm. obviously everyone immediately thinks, oh, they just want to use Exandria from Critical Role without uh, paying, paying any royalties or licensing. Mm -hmm. Would they do that? Probably not, but it's more the fact that they were giving themselves that power mm -hmm. and not giving anyone much of a choice in it. Uh, but that, just a question to everyone who, if you happen to chance to see Legal Eagles review, there seemed to be a lot in the, how they, they, wrote everything to give the impression that they had more power than they actually did. If you look at copyright laws and trademark laws, because mm -hmm. it seemed to be more of a, a scare and they had all the power when in essence, maybe they didn't. And a good example is, um, you know, when you talk about copyright and, Oh, you, you can't use any of it because it's copyrighted. That only applies to how it's created in terms of images, the books, the, the exact layout of the book versus if it's a process and a rule, you can't copyright a process or a rule. Uh, or a so yeah, basically Legal Eagle was saying they can't copyright the system mechanics, but they can yes. copyright the very specific creatures that were created for Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. the images of those creatures, the words and descriptions around them can be Spell, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so that is one thing of how the like one of the community response things uh, that I'll get back to talking about. Uh, the next big thing that the that uh, they changed that will affect creators is they in, uh, in, they are instituting or were instituting a license structure in yeah. there. So uh, basically, if your company made seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. You paid wizards uh, twenty five percent of your income or your revenue uh, over that seven hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, if it's a Kickstarter, you only owe twenty percent of the total Kickstarter money. So the fan community was uh, really up in arms about that as well because a lot of uh, Kickstarters will bring in a couple mil uh, or a million or more dollars and. They might have been a small company before that, but that's technically revenue. And if you take 20% of their revenue off the top, that's going to sink a lot of projects. And even a lot of creators who maybe make a million dollars a year, like, do they make 25%? How much profit do they make and how many people will that uh, uh, stifle? Yeah, because right. I, I heard a lot of people complaining about the margins being really tight yeah, in that industry, a, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's it, that way with any sort of publishing book publishing. Yeah. And their goal, their aim wasn't, you know, I think what they accomplished was pretty poor, given how the um, 
OGL was written, but their aim was primarily, and they kind of made that clear that they wanted, uh, they wanted their piece of the pie from those companies that were making tens of millions of dollars, getting Netflix deals and everything of that nature uh, out of that. And that's not to come to their to their defense, but they could have structured it in a manner um, that more specifically targeted those entities. And instead, they broke it down into tiers that made it really hard to break out and be accomplished without, you know, having your, your margins attacked. And you're right. It is very tight. They don't. <laughs> You know, you, you if you're if you're hitting that area, I mean, they could have just said, you know, hey, if you're making like five million maybe or something, because at that point you could almost, I hate to say, it, like assume, you know, you're on a trajectory to make money, and that's when they start taking their piece. But instead, they 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 structured their tiers. As Seth mentioned earlier, if you made over seven hundred fifty thousand, that was the third tier. But there's some things that happened below that too, which is also kind of an annoyance. So. The second tier was if you made between fifty thousand and seven hundred fifty thousand, you had to start reporting on uh, all of your uh, revenues at that point. And if you're below fifty thousand, they didn't really seem to care about you, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so that whole thing also created a lot more work uh, for those creators as well. Is it's almost like they they took the stance of being an IRS, right? Mm-hmm. We, we want to start auditing, and you have to start reporting everything, and then you have to start paying us out for this this thing and uh, we all know the IRS isn't very popular right now. So mm-hmm. you suppose um, part of that was just so that they could <clears throat> make an accurate determination as to whether somebody was in that fifty to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar range. Probably. Yeah. But it seems like a whole lot of work for that when when they yeah. knew who their specific targets were, well, but sure. then they kind of put out this blanket licensing scheme that impacted everybody and most people in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I I think I see where they were going and they, their targets are clear, well, you know. What, but <clears throat> I'm still confused, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some questions. <laughs> Is this from so you're it's role playing, right? The Dungeons and Dragons yeah. part. Yeah. And then then people are selling content. Books. Well, well you're selling content, but I don't know what that means. Uh, so Bill's running a campaign right now. And, what's that? So Bill's running a campaign right now. Right. If he if the campaign goes really well, we love it. It becomes really popular, or like, he, and he thinks, you know what, this is good enough to share. He can turn that campaign into a book. He can kickstart okay. it. He can do whatever. Like the campaign, it, he changes the things that he needs to change, so it's not using the co- the content. Uh, yeah, it's a new adventure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a new adventure. It's content for the game. He puts it out for people. For people to purchase, play, whatever. That is what the OGL uh, old and new accomplishes and gives them a path toward. Yeah, and, and it's perpetual to game mechanics, I think, is the tie in there as well. And you know, the mechanics. You can, yeah, I think that I think that helps to define well, well I remember when when I was younger, when when, when I was into D D a little more, we, we used to play some knockoff games that were um like you were a, a 20s gangster hmm. or star trek or something like that i, I don't know if they still out there I, I know i don't think it was would that still apply uh it depends on when they were made uh, well so i mean so they're <laughs> i don't so that is role playing it just struck, strikes me as absurd. So that's it strikes a lot of people as absurd. <laughs> I don't think it's even. 
That's the whole point of it, isn't it? I mean, that's well, why we're having know, well, you know, there's, there's a, You can get angry over it, but it, it just doesn't feel. Um, I don't that you can copyright whatever role playing. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I understand. Or, or do they own the Hobbit now? That's the thing. Not. Yeah, but role playing can't be role playing can't be copywritten or 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 the act of you know role playing a game an RPG. I think it's when you start stepping on mechanics, creatures, sure things that are already set in in stone with Wizards of the Coast, and you're implementing that into your new game. Right. I think. I guess. Yeah, for example, uh, the, uh, an official D&D game, you'll have some, uh, Everard's Matt Mage Hand. And in the uh, SRD, in your content, you can have a spell Mage Hand, but it can't be Everard's main hand, Mage Hand, because that is a specific character from Feyre. Okay. But you can have your own Mage Hand spell that does the exact same thing. So Benito, you mentioned uh, Morkborg a minute ago. Is that? But that's not Wizards of the Coast. But is it using Wizards of the Coast game mechanics, or? You know, it it is overall when you think about combat, and, and then you're rolling for checks and things like that. They're just calling it something, <laughs> calling it something completely different. The mechanic is the same. You're still rolling dice, and you still have ability checks and all the things that go along with it. But I think it's so far away from from anything from wizards of the coast i think it's fine uh i don't think it is anything to even that they have to worry about i think it's and when you start to get really close to that line and you're starting to you know reference things that are specific to wizards of the coast material gotcha. but that's also one of the things is that uh the ogl was and is really popular in the community and even if your work doesn't really have a lot of or it doesn't need to use the OGL a lot of creators would put the OGL in their work it kind of served as a little bit of legal protection from them uh, from Wizards of the Coast uh, right. in, in case they decided that they wanted to sue over it yeah and just... it was kind of a mark among the community that hey we're all part of this we, we're using the OGL yeah. So, I mean, I've got, this is from a system called Fate. Doesn't, I don't think it even uses D20 rolls. It uses a series of D6s. Like, I can't imagine what's in this book that uh, would be licensable under the OGL, but it still contains the OGL. Now, oh, should, yeah, uh, should wizards have a right to use all of this, including the stuff that's in the Dresden files that was specifically licensed for this role-playing game. That's one of the things that people are like, oh, no, no, you yeah, guys aren't doing point. this. Right, well, so something well, completely out there and completely different may have may have had a mechanic or a creature or a storyline that Wizards thought was sort of interesting, and they can just sort of, originally, they could maybe take that implemented into theirs and, and the fact that you were a part of that OGL sort of gave them a license to do that, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, yeah. The, and it is an agreement between like them and you. Uh, so <laughs> there, there is some, you get protections, you get uh, 
you get to use the SRD in your content, and then like they also get protections from being like sued by you. So like there was stuff that went both ways. Uh, yeah, so that could go all the way back around to what Charles was saying. If you're playing a detective game, that's an RPG <laughs> that has a game mechanic, and there's something about that 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 they may like and you sign the and you sign that agreement that says they can take it if there's something in that detective game which is nothing fantasy related or completely non-fantasy whatever if there's something in there they liked if you're part of that ogl they could take part of that content and call it their own yeah and the third really big thing uh without was... splitting the profits yeah exactly right <laughs> and the third really big thing that's in the new one that uh, people were are talking about is that they retain the or they they are giving themselves the ability to basically cut cut anyone out of the OGL whenever they feel like it. Uh, so basically, to terminate the contract, to terminate that license agreement, and to change it with only thirty days notice. Mm. So. Uh, so if you're producing content and then you end up saying something critical about Wizards of the Coast, for example, they may decide to just shut you off. Right. And steal your stuff. Yeah. And I mean, they <laughs> could conceivably have done that to Paizo. It's like, okay, guys. Uh, so like the the mm -hmm. other, the, the there's actually a fourth thing, uh, is that they sent this out to creators with a week's notice to sign hmm. like they're they with, with, they call it a draft but this was sent out to creators with a contract to sign with a week huh i didn't catch that yeah so they were applying some major pressure there hmm. so all Ambush. of those things lead to the fan response yes which i think is really important to talk about the power of the fans and all of this and yeah. that to make Wizards of the Coast walk it back. Yeah. And the fan response, I think, from Wizards of the Coast has to be considered almost ap apocalyptic. Yeah. I canceled my D&D Beyond, you know, just to make a statement. I, I don't have anything on there really worth losing or, or you know, some people are really into D&D Beyond deep. And I could see where it would be a struggle to make that decision. It was easy for me because I think I had one book and a year's subscription or something. I didn't really have anything on there. So it was easy oh, for me to make a statement. See, I've got a ton of books on there now. I've been buying a couple books a month yeah. for the last several months because I just liked the way D&D &D Beyond uh, works as a reference document. Yeah, everything Yeah, everything about it's great. I don't fault the, the app yeah. or the system at all. But like, it's like, easy for me to make that decision. I wouldn't want to be any, in your shoes or Bill's shoes or anybody else's shoes who have a lot of content on there. And so, yeah. And so the news hit. And then uh, the creators started uh, speaking out on YouTube. And things started getting distributed on uh, online. And things just caught fire. <laughs> and it was not helped because by Wizards of the Coast effectively going radio silent for two entire weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, like earlier on this week, they posted they had one single tweet from D and D Beyond that said, "Hey, we've heard you will be making an announcement soon." And then three day, three more days passed. Mm -hmm. 
with no announcement. The they had a planned announcement that they then uh, didn't have, and then they uh, just uh, Friday they finally released a statement that is full of lies and downplaying of the community's concerns. But they haven't changed anything. Oh no, they are going to change things. Like well, they, they said they're going. They said they're going yeah. to. Yeah, they say they're going to. They said they're going to change things. They say the royalties are out. The license back provision where they get to use your content is out, and they get, gave some explanations for where they were coming from with that. Okay. And now here is where I get I I I lessen the the severity of my position a little bit in that. They were they uh, they are right about some things. The OGL probably does need a new edition. It probably does need to be out, updated. It does. It is very outdated. To, to to give a timeline on that, it was it almost twenty years old now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, it's over twenty years old. Yeah, it's over twenty years. So they they did have some catching up to do because it was written in a completely different age of content and what gets created out there. So, yeah, and they do come have, to their defense, but it was outdated. Like, uh, a good uh, podcast, if you want to hear a, a good kind of take on it, is uh, Opening Arguments. Uh, they just released an episode on it, and it made me think about the contract in a different way. And, uh, yeah, some of those things did need to change. Like, they, I, I can really understand Wizards of the Coast's position on wanting to be able to disallow certain people. Sure. Uh, specifically uh, racist and bigoted content. Right. Uh, well, do they, they were, is there hmm. a process before you can put their label on? Uh, in the 1.0, there isn't. And this one is, does establish the process, which is what allows them to terminate the licenses now. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So but... uh, opening arguments reminded me that not that long ago, someone tried to put out blatantly a blatantly racist module or gaming system that used the OGL and mm -hmm. they were trafficking with uh, trafficking with D&D's official material. Huh. Like it was openly Nazi. Just like <laughs> Nazis in space I think was more or less the campaign wow. setting. And Blizzard or Wizard said no. No, 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 no! We are you are not doing that. Not so that. Not over the OGL. Go do it over here, but get as way as far away from us as possible. Yeah. But were they able to stop them? Yeah. So now, now they they were using uh, the old OGL somehow, but the new OGL basically makes it so that it's far easier for them to do that. Which yeah, is not even bother bad. trying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're basically giving themselves. Powers that can be used for good, but can also be used for evil. I'm curious about, so if you have projects that are coming out that fall under that the old OGL, the thing was, um, that's fine. And you can, you can still fall under that for this grace period. And then, then when the new one picks up, you're going to have to move over to that. I had read or heard something about... For you to be able to do that, though, you were going to have to sign up for the first one to get that grace period or fall on the old uh, OGL for yeah. things that are coming out in your Kickstarter. Yeah, they basically forced you to have to move on. 
Yeah, and if you don't sign the new one, then you don't get to your new stuff coming out that falls under the old one doesn't count. And so right. it's forcing people to sign the new one when it comes yep. out if you want the stuff that's a little bit further behind that to be able to come out. And I don't know if that's still something that's going to happen or not, but I thought that was pretty, yeah, pretty it's fairly random. impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, extremely. You're right. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. some of the provisions, there were actual good reasons for them to put them in. And mm-hmm. as to Chris's point, should or like we were talking earlier about uh, the royalties stuff, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't actually have a problem with that. They can license it and say, and say, yeah, if you make this much, you owe us this much. I would argue the terms of those, but uh, they had provisions in there for working out specific terms with large groups, who I assume that they would be. That would be uh, for people like Critical Role or Bill when he takes off. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. And I don't think it should be put in there as a blanket statement in terms of what royalty should be or anything like that. Like that might work for somebody who gets a deal with Netflix to do a series based off of something that was born out of, you know, the, the OGL content or the SRD. So, um, but that should be negotiated at the time when that happens, not just like everybody's going to owe us this and that. Exactly. That right. Your content, your content could be so far out there and so far removed from anything of the Wizards of the Coast, but the fact you sign that agreement to protect yourself makes you liable to pay a, a royalty, but your content may have nothing to do with anything that has to do with Wizards of the Coast. Nothing. Yeah. You sign it to protect yourself, and then you've signed that, and now you owe them money if you make a certain amount. So there should definitely be tiers and different, you know, thoughts and what the connections are before you have to pay that royalty. A blanket, I agree with Chris, a blanket statement's just not Mm -hmm. not not good for anybody. It should just be like, you look, if you make over a certain amount, you you know, within six months or a year, just throwing something out there, you know, you have to sit down with us and come to an agreement Mm -hmm. once we both have an understanding of what it is and where you're going and and what that content is. If it's like, look, I only make, you know, I make 700 and... Eighty thousand a year. That's not worth collecting anything on that. Like you're not like you just happen to tip over that point, but you're not making anything. But you're sitting at the table and you're like, yeah, I just signed a contract with Hulu for twenty million dollars over the next five years to produce a series based off of this content, which clearly comes out of the you know the SRD. Then yeah, then you guys should figure something out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, like another bit that is bad in there is they force everyone everyone who signs it into forced arbitration rather than being able to go to trial yeah so while i now think that i i'm not even if uh blizzard or wizard i'm really having a hard time wizard and blizzard because they're both companies who just rubbed me the wrong way over the past couple months but uh, so what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Even if, uh, they are, had come up with this OGL it, with only the purest and best of intentions for the community, which I do not believe because we've heard from a few leakers within the company who, who have like told us where exactly their CEOs are at, mm-hmm. uh, even if it had been perfect. The way they presented it and the way that they went about communicating with people once it was leaked was atrocious. Like they should not, they just left a space in which the community could burn for two weeks. And that's what it did. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
nearly every content creator I follow has released videos uh, against this. Uh, so I have been see, I have seen a whole lot more who've been coming out. People who aren't even in the gaming community are talking about it and how bad it is. And even if it's not all that bad, the all of the perception is it being terrible, which has left an opening for Paizo, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, the day at, or the day after, no, that the day of. Uh, that Blizzard was or Wizards was supposed to make their announcement about or uh, clarifying the OGL, and they skipped it. Paizo released their own announcement that they were releasing their own uh, open or open resource like something or other. Uh, I can actually I've got that tab up. It is the Open RPG Creative License, also mm. called the ORC or ORC. Nice. I, I just come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know like how long it took for them to come up with that. Right? I don't know, but I'm gonna give it to Paizo for just for the name right there. The work. Come on. I like it's do. Well, I so, think didn't they also release very early on too that they were going to release their game mechanic early? I think thinking maybe of a different company. They they were going to release you, that, that's a different out. company. Um, yeah, I mean that was I mean, so that's what Cobalt Press. But that leads into the next thing I want to talk about when you're done. So yeah. So uh Paizo announces that they're doing their new their own basically OGL and it's going to be open, free, and unrestricted forever, not even held by them, held by an IP or a, a uh, company that respects open IP, basically. Well, aren't uh, they already under Wizards OGL? That's uh, something else they said is that they they're basically said that they would call Wizards Bluff and say, no, you can't even it. You cannot. Uh, there's no language in the original OGL that allows you to deauthorize it. Uh, even even if you did. That. We're going to fight you on anything you try to sue us for that uses it because we think that, that the system is still fair use. And to the third point, uh, their new Pathfinder 2nd Edition was only keeping that OGL in there for other people to be able to use their content, mm. not because they needed to use Wizards stuff anymore. Huh. So Pathfinder 2E is separate enough from the OGL that they're going to re-release it with their new ORC so people can still use their content. And they and a bunch of other creators have uh, joined on with them and are also going to be contributing to the new ORC. So yeah, I, I they're going through it with a fine-tooth comb to re-release it and take out anything that even possibly is could be speculated as even close to have anything to do, you know, with with the with the wizard system of anything, any language, any anything that they're gonna mm -hmm. that they're gonna take the time to go through and just pick it completely apart. So when they do stand on their own, you know, and also even less for wizards to say. With this, other companies can add in their own rule sets so that. Uh, content creators can make things for their systems because the OGL like caused the uh, uh, just like this explosion in the 
the role-playing community that largely benefited Dungeons and Dragons, and that's why the original lawyers who wrote it says they say they did it. Yeah, it makes they sense. say that the original OGL achieved its effect. Yep, hundred percent. So and so now, wizards have bought themselves a world where people are probably going to use the uh, content licensing and system where they don't have to pay 25% mm -hmm. if they become big. Uh, and that there is no chance of uh, wizards turning on them and deciding that the agreement needs to change. Because that was the thing with the, with the new OGL is that they said they could change it at any time. So they say... 750,000 is the limit right now, but there's nothing stopping them from taking that down to 50,000. Sure. Well, what about uh, content that's already out there that continues to sell? Uh, so that is another one of the things that people were mad about with them deauthorizing the old 1.0 is because then what happens to that other content? Right. You, do you sign or can you not sell it anymore? And the assumption is that you wouldn't be able to sell it anymore unless you sign the new one. The new right. one, right. So, everything that I've seen and everything that I've, I've followed up on says they just can't do that. Now, whether they can or can't, I, I don't know. But everything I keep reading, everybody, I don't know if everybody's on the same band, bandwagon of legally they can't do that. That's, that's all I hear. I don't hear that legally they can. I just keep hearing people fighting for the fact that no they can't do that and, and it's not yeah and, and I've, yeah we've listened to a few, couple different lawyers give their takes on that and i guess we won't actually know unless it goes to court right yeah, everyone just has kind of their legal opinion on it yeah. and whatnot so we well so what what does everybody think do you think you're going to see a mass exodus of people that are currently writing content for D D over to Pizer? we're already seeing that like yeah. the uh, the, the a, a lot of the big names who do per, make and uh, put out third-party content, Cobalt Press, uh, let's see, they had a list of people who'd already signed on with them. Uh, yeah, yeah Cobalt was... Press, Green Ronin, Legendary Games, Roll for Combat, Roll Genius Games, and I've heard from lots of others. Uh, they're all going to be moving away from making content for fifth edition and not uh, for uh, one D&D. What do you think will be the long-term impact for one D&D then? Uh, they're going to see a major, like, so this is exactly what happened with fourth edition mm -hmm. is, uh, well, the fourth edition rules weren't great. It was a boring system to play in. Not many people liked it. Mm -hmm. And when they released it, they also tried to institute a new game uh, license system or something. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was a different form of the OGL, and it was much more restrictive to content creators. Well, uh, they just, the content creators, led by Paizo, uh, it kind of fractured the community. Paizo created Pathfinder to continue kind of the D&D uh, 3.5 style of gaming uh, and a lot of other people left to make their own things and especially in the last decade we've seen an explosion of systems many of them reference the OGL but a lot of them are their own unique things okay. 
So do we think if if Wizards of the Coast either walks back everything, does no changes, which is doubtful, or um, as you mentioned, comes out with a version that kind of writes the wrongs, if you will, and they get their fair share in, in, in royalties based off of something that seems fair. Um, they no longer, you know, have this uh, stigma about uh, content creators and owning their property. Let's say they fix that, right? And manage to put in language that's fair and they get the royalties based off of what they probably should. Is there, do they come back from this? Do they, or, or is there, do we live in a world of just more competition in the future? I think we just live in a world where there. Sorry, Chris. No, go ahead. Uh, I think we just live in a world where there's more competition in the future. I think D and D is going to get knocked off its king's spot, possibly to be replaced by Pathfinder again. Uh, Second E, I haven't looked into it a whole lot, but because of the announcement, I went ahead and bought the core rule book, so I'm going to be uh, finding out how uh, Pathfinder Two E works. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, unless Wizards has to do something to regain community trust mm -hmm. or people will go to different things. And that's going to be really bad because they were really counting on D&D Beyond uh, being the big thing that took their company into the next. Uh, so, before the OGL then. Go ahead, Jenna. I was just going to say, I think... Benito and I talked about this with another player last night. That bring it up. That's the people who that. are already in the community are that they understand the issues and they maybe walk, but with uh, shows like Stranger Things making suddenly this new wave of popularity among D and D, I think you're going to get a lot of new players who don't care and they don't understand it and they just want to play and they don't see a problem with everything. Well, I mean, to and a certain right. extent, yeah. But uh, from another perspective, uh, consider how Wizards has been for the last couple book releases. Uh, their last several official releases have been kind of substandard. So what do players do when they've played through all the existing uh, D&D modules that are officially released? So, and the only the only argument I have, what Jen is saying, is a hundred percent right. When you think about people on the outside who want to play, it's Dungeons and Dragons. That's just what you call it. People on the outside don't say I want to play an RPG. People say I want to yeah. play Dungeons and Dragons. So, you know that that's always been the people. They know that's where they want. That they know that's what they want to play, just based on words. And, and and they and they play that and that's where they go to do it so i think where the problem comes in though is and and where wizards falls is because of the dungeon masters and the people who play these who set up these games for those people and those people come to them and say hey i want to play dungeons and dragons i've heard so much about it and the dungeon masters or whoever's setting up the games the gms say it's okay but but this is what we're doing now or this is the system that we're playing now you're going to get the same experience it's going to be super fun but it's not dungeons and dragons you're still going to role play you're still going to do this and this this and that so i think that's where wizards falls is because of the people who run the games the, this whole thing is affecting us and then that then bleeds out to the people who are already playing or the people who want to play and so I think that's where Wizards shot themselves in the foot is with the people who run the games. And it's just 
not a good deal. And then we start, I'm doing it now. I've been doing it for a little while now that I've been on a DM break <clears throat> is going out there and exploring new systems. Uh, when I took my break, I honestly thought I was going to be more focused on wizards and the content and the stuff from that. And then it turns out I started to discover all these different games and all these different uh, rule sets and all these different uh, mechanics and I'm bringing all those into the game that I'm doing now <clears throat> or that I'm going to come back to do. And so I think that's where it falls apart is with the people who run the games. I think that's where the it's going to spread out from. And, I mean, D&D or Wizards owes a lot of Dungeons & Dragons success to good content creators that have come out in the past decade. Uh, critical yeah. role. How many people come to Dungeons and Dragons specifically because they see it played on Critical Role? What happens if the next big Critical Role is Pathfinder, which Critical Role started off playing they, in Pathfinder? Yeah, they started out as Pathfinder, right? You're but, right. I mean, there will be another big Critical Role at some point. And yeah, they'll bring people to, which is to the coast point of why they're trying to redo the OGL because they can't collect on any of that today. Uh, but, I mean, they are getting significant value already out of that. Yes. But they're not getting, you know, the the big the big deals. They don't get any cut of that. So, yes, I mean, they're a household name and, and they're driven up because of that. But to their, to their point, you know, one of the key things of collecting that royalties is because some of them are making big, big money. And... and like that is the deal that Blizzard, that Wizards yeah, that's made. That's how it was born out of, yeah. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what they wanted. They wanted more people playing because mm -hmm. more people playing meant more people buying their book. Hey, they got greedy. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Well, and back they, around, they, they, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and I think that's where it's going to hurt them the most is that. Uh, the next big uh, thing isn't going to be say D and D. They're going to say pathfinder or a different system it might not be as recognizable but it not only protects their uh finance their finances but maybe it's just a better system and people have been trying more out like a lot of the shows i listen to they revolve through a few different systems just mm -hmm. to see how they work well and how many times has the word pathfinder been said now in the last two weeks where it was probably not mentioned right. nearly often so now it's you know, a lot of people are going to start looking at that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's exactly what happened with fourth edition. So here, this kind of goes back to what Bill was saying. So they're about to, D&D Beyond is going to launch their new system and the, the whole new app and everything that's awesome going to be with that. And and one D&D, it's still probably going to happen, but I don't think on nearly the level that it was going to. I thought, I think they expected a flood of people to come in. Right. All that up. And, and maybe... Maybe it still will. Maybe this will. Maybe this will. You know, eventually blow away, and we'll forget about it. But uh, I think I think they've got to be a little worried about. You know, they were announcing the big launch of all the fun, cool stuff with D and D Beyond, and yeah. I don't know. It doesn't have the fire it did. I don't think. Well, I mean, Wizards has been. This isn't the first major flub that Wizards has done in the last couple months. Uh, they had the big third. Their idea for the big 30th anniversary of Magic. Uh, their, their big idea, the thing that fans were going to love and they were doing for the fans, is they released a series of blind boosters for 
thousand dollars. Well, $999. Four of these boosters that had reprints of beta edition magic cards that were proxies. You couldn't even play with them. A thousand dollars. Jesus. Yeah, that lit that set the entire magic community on its ear for a while. Yeah. Uh so like they Hasbro, the parent company of Wizards of the Coast, is turning the screws and they want uh they want more money wizards to be more profitable because and the if, rest of their stuff is it. sucking. And it's not that Hasbro was lighting the world on fire. Their stock prices were not great. I think the flagship, no. the only not keeping them afloat, but probably mostly keeping them afloat. Their lifeboat right. was Dungeons and Dragons with the with wizards and whatnot. And you know, when you're when you're not making as much profit as you should be, and you look at the one thing that is, that's exactly what they did. You know, the, mm-hmm. what's that thing is they just went after their their lifeboat and just tried to figure out how to milk it dry and. And didn't think about how big the community was. Yeah, the CEO of uh, the CEO of Wizards uh, was quoted as saying that D and D was under monetized, and they wanted to see the they wanted to see the sorts of profits that the video games were making with loot yep. boxes and that sort of thing. Yep, I know um, what we need now. We need a D and D movie, <laughs> and they do this. A couple months before their big movie drops, yeah, and before their next system <laughs> drops. And like, as much as I could not wait to go see that movie, I'm not going to not see it out of protest. I have such a kind of taste in my mouth that I'm just like, I don't. I'm not really excited as <laughs> I, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, now it's kind of just such turds about it. Now I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just wait yeah. till it comes on TV. I mean, <laughs> or streams I'm, or whatever. I'm kind of waiting on Wizards next move. Like I'm trying not to be get up get as caught up as I did in the religious zeal. Uh, <laughs> if they can if they like show that they're going to work out a good OGL that gives them the protections they need while also giving the community the protection and support they need, I will. I will come back. I like D and D. I like D and D Fifth Ed. I think it's just a good system. I have a lot of fun playing it, and I had a lot of fun running it when I was when I did the one shot. Uh, so I still am interested in the game. Mm-hmm. I will not like. I'm not going to support them during this whole thing, and I'll start looking around. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. Maybe I move to Pathfinder Two E. I don't know. It'll. They yeah, lost a when lot. they come out with this. It has to be so good, and everybody knows that content content creators on YouTube are just going to talk about whatever that suits their viewership and get some more numbers. But this this new OGL is going to have to be so good that the creators, I'm sorry, the YouTube channels are going to have to really glom onto it and do what they're doing now talking bad about it they're gonna have to do to talk good about it and then to get that rolling again and i yeah it's gonna have to be really 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 good otherwise it's gonna be the same old like well they revised it but it's still shitty it's mm -hmm. just gonna be really good if they want content creators to come back like the writing supplements for it they're gonna have like those content creators have to know that 
Blizzard or Wizard isn't going to try and change the terms of the contract on them again and attempt to like steal their livelihood. Like if you you're writing stuff, are you going to write it for the system that you're not sure is going to change in the next six months? Are you going to write it for the thing that you've got a binding legal agreement that says you can keep making stuff for this for all time? Right, right. That's it's like how many times do you touch a hot stove? Like you do it once, mm-hmm. you know, screw me over one time. I'm not, I'm not that likely to come back. And yeah. they, and they didn't put it in, they didn't put it into place and really screw people over, but they showed their hand enough for people. They were trying, they did send out that OGL 1.1 with contract yeah, and non disclosure agreement to several creators. Uh, hmm. We only, we've only heard a brief statement from Critical Role that was, uh, really non-committal and actually address anything. It didn't. It was so bad. Uh, yeah, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's because they are well and truly entangled with Wizards of the Coast at this point. At yeah. least as far as some of the uh, the books they've released and some of their content. Uh, and they probably were one of the groups that would have gotten special uh, a special licensing agreement. Oh, hundred percent. And if they back this thing, the book deals that they can get, the kinds of contract that they're going to get, if they would step, you know, and push this thing forward and be behind it, like I can't imagine what they're throwing at, at, at those guys. But I mean, Dimension Twenty has also remained silent on this, and I'm pretty certain that uh, Brennan uh, Lee Mulligan, the showrunner, uh, is would be dead set against this agreement. So I'm pretty sure that people are staying silent on it, mostly for legal reasons and to protect the jobs of all the different people who are with them. So like, and I mean, like I said earlier, even if wizards intentions behind this were 100% above the board, 100% pro community, and we're not looking out for ourselves uh then they still really botched this the whole way through all right all right well we're coming up on an hour here so um good discussion everybody benito thanks for joining us for this appreciate yeah, it for me on. it was uh it was fun to talk about but not really <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. always good to have you on the show and Thanks. uh I appreciate it yeah, we'll look forward to having you back again soon. So anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. We uh, hope you'll uh, dive in and check into what's going on with the, the OGL and the license changes. And Let us know what you think in the comments. Mm-hmm. If there's something else you want us to co- comment on or something we missed, uh, let us know. And we will talk about it in a future episode. Take care, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.